This week, we have a treat for all you car enthusiasts and inspiring entrepreneur listeners out there. Despite their flat-out schedule, we've managed to sit down and have a chat with our good friends Ben Ma and Brian Trong, the masterminds behind one of Australia's leading automotive aftermarket part dealers, Zero Offset. Benny was introduced to me back in my second year of uni from my close mate Albert Tan, and shout out to Albie, who's been one of our biggest supporters since the new normal's beginnings. Not long after the introduction, Benny became a team leader at the nightclub Fame, which is where he introduced me to Brian, the manager of Fame. From there, the two have joined up together to bring us Zero Offset, and the rest is history. We did get into some deep discussion points throughout the episode, but overall, we hope you enjoy our laid-back conversation and take some inspiration from the pair as we touch on where it all began for both Ben and Brian their personal journeys as friends and business partners, the current landscape of Melbourne's car scene, and the hustle that was required to build Zero Offset into what it is today. Welcome to The New Normal, a platform for sharing Asian Australian stories and experiences. In this podcast, we aim to celebrate, support, and inspire fellow Asian Australians through meaningful storytelling with leading Asian Australian voices and organizations. Join us, your co-hosts Anthony, Nat, and Will, as we share the story of those who took the journey to change and evolve, to those who dared to challenge the status quo, and to those who never settle and constantly seek the new normal. Welcome everyone to another episode of the New Normal Podcast. We're your co-host Will and Anthony, and today we're joined by Benny and Brian from Zero Offset. Welcome to the podcast, fellas. It's great to have you guys on board. Hey guys, thanks for thanks for having us. Hey guys, man, happy to be here today on a Sunday night. Oh, Sunday, Sunday morning. Sorry, <laughs> doesn't even matter what time it is. But we've got some icebreakers we want to play before we get into the juicy details of the stories. But first up. Why don't you give the listeners a quick intro on who you are and what you're currently up to? Benny, how about you kick off? Kick us off. Uh, so, hey guys. Um, again, thanks for having us. Uh, my name's Ben. I am turning 25. Yeah, age is really creeping up on us. Um, no. Um, Dude, a quarter life crisis, man. Bad. And, I'm I, feeling you. and my birthday's in isolation. I can't even do anything this year. Yeah, no. I mean, at this point, all of our birthdays are nice. Yeah, yeah man. So, so does that mean we can all have one massive joint one? Is that how it's going to work at the end of the year? In terms of what I'm doing personally, I currently am still working. Uh, I'm working at KPMG as a tax consultant at the moment while juggling uh, zero offset, but more of a just an, an assist with for Brian who takes care of the, the main operations. Was there anything else that you really wanted to know? <laughs> I'm not good at introductions. Brian, I think I heard from Benny that you're working full-time with Zero Offset at the moment, right? Yeah, man. So I'm pretty much running this full-time now. Probably like, oh, my days are like 10 o'clock till probably 8 o'clock at night. So very long, a lot of hard work. But yeah, um, pretty much just doing this right now, um, running everything, doing like my best. Um, no don't worry about it man we'll get we'll get more into like what you guys are actually up to in a moment just wanted a quick introduction let's get into the icebreaker questions then to get us all warmed up so let's see 
if both of you could read each other's minds or compliment each other's differences, this would be good. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to say two things, for example, red and blue, and then we'll count down from three and then you'll say one of the options together. Does that make sense? Uh, okay, sure. Yep, we've got seven questions lined up. So, are we, are we trying right. to be? Are we trying to guess the, what they're going to say? The same answer? No, just no. choose whichever answer you would choose yourself. All right. All right, you ready? First one's up. So three, two. No, no, one. hold on, stop, stop. Oh, oh, right. oh, no, uh, you said options first. On. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. All right, you say the option. I'll count down. Okay. Adidas or Nike? Three, two, one. Nike. Nike, mm. Nike of course. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. Old heads, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, no. Good answer. Good answer. answer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next one. Ramen offer. Three, two, one. Ramen. We're Vietnamese, man. We're sick of fast. Yeah, bad. We have that shit every week. Wait, actually, yeah. As if you, as if you still wouldn't go for fair. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. Like, it's just, it's hard because, like, I feel like when you go out and eat it, it's not as good as home. And then at home, like, when they cook it, it's kind of like, okay, we had this, like, last week as well. So it's... And you know how, like, when you have something all the time, you have something all the time, you kind of not value it as much, you know? So, like, ramen's more of a treat. You have to go out and, you know, make your way. Oh, yeah. Not like the one that you had the other day. <laughs> oh, that was, that was trash. <laughs> no, that, that was a good, good, good comment from Brian right there. All right, next one is Hot Pot or KBBQ. Oh. Two, one. Hot pot. Barbecue. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh here we go. So why hot pot? Actually, I didn't catch who said it. <laughs> uh, I, 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 said, I, I said hot pot. I don't know. It was, it was the first thing that, like, okay, I'll yeah, be honest. Yeah. It, was, it was easier to say. I didn't want to mess up the pronunciation of KBBQ. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> had me on the spot. But I think it's because I, I eat hot pot quite often because it's such an easy meal. Like with my girlfriend and stuff, we just put on the, that portable gas stove and just put water in it and just add some stuff. I'm a very simple person, and I think that's yeah. DIY. Yeah, For it's sure. so easy. That's why I've kind of done it. I've said hot pot. I reckon. What would you picture, mate? I mean, I've always said that the mate sort of loses its complete potential if you chuck it into soup. You know what I mean? You so you rather grill it on a grill. That's what I reckon. Uh, you're not wrong, actually. Yeah, I'm still hot pot, bro. I'm I'm with Benny, bro. That's right. <laughs> K barbecue. When you when you do K barbecue, your walls just become like stained in oil. I just <laughs> pain. <laughs> yeah, it's hard as the clean at home, especially. <laughs> All right, next one: mountain run or coastal cruise? Three, two, one. Oh, coastal cruise. Run. What, what did what did you change it? Wait, what about cars? Yeah, what context? Well, that's what that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking cars. Yeah, yeah, oh. mountain run. It's because we did mountain run. Yeah, right? I, I want to. Wait, not an actual run. Is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. I thought it was like a COVID question. It's like, hey, how do you like you get your exercise in mountain run or like fair, a cruise? Fair. Oh, okay. Should have specified. Okay. Yeah. Wait, okay. so you guys chose coastal? Uh, like Brian went mountain run. I went, I went mountain run coastal. Yeah. yeah, I feel like right now it'd be like such a nice break to kind of just drive along the coast because Brian and I were talking about uh, trying to do a what's Great Ocean Road Run because we've never been. Mm. Oh, I, I've never been. Oh, you've never been? No, really? I, I've, I've never been. Oh, you'll love it. You'll you'll love to drive. Yeah, so yes. that, that's why I said coastal cruise at least. Why'd you say yeah, mountain? We've done it a few times, Che. It's never been <laughs> a many drive. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to go down there every single time. All right, moving on. Euro or JDM? Three, two, one. Euro. Euro. <laughs> uh, it was a hard one, one though it was a hard one very hard one that's why i didn't say yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay 
I would have fought JDM since you guys started with JDM with zero offset. It's it, it's a hard one because both sides have their ups and downs, and as you guys probably already know, zero offset has ventured into more of the Euro market because like that's something we've always wanted to tackle. Mm. Yeah, the complexities in Euro cars, like the technology and everything that goes into them, is like mind blowing, and I think that's why like our interest has peaked. But in terms of classics, I think that's where the JDMs lie. Mm. 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 Yeah, that's my yeah. that's my opinion anyway. So, oh man, we'll let's we'll look into it more. We'll definitely have more of an opportunity to talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's important. Last All one, right. last one. Trance or hard style? Three, two, one. Trance. trance. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hard style's too hectic for us, man. Twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hectic. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm with you with this one. I'd say hard style is like hard styles gets me pumped up, but the OG go to is trans. I feel like for me, for like for the me. gym, yeah, hard style is good. I think it just gets you pumped, like you said. But I think yeah. just like an everyday sort of thing, or like even festival sort of thing, it'd probably be trans. Fair enough. That. Yep, I respect that. I hope that everyone gets or now knows Benny and Brian a bit better through those answers. <laughs> so how how do how about we move along? Just uh, let's talk about your individual upbringing or before before what happened before zero offset. Yeah, let's go ahead. Benny? Oh, sure. Well, I was born and raised here. So first generation Australian. Um, went to primary school in Port Melbourne at uni high. Um, after graduating from there, I did a double degree in law and commerce at La Trobe, which I graduated last year in. In terms of upbringing, I think it was the very standard sort of stereotypical Asian upbringing. For those who are on subtle Asian traits, everything on there is incredibly or extremely relatable. But which is what made, which is what makes that page so great. It is so good, and I think I remember when that page first started because it started here in Melbourne. And there were mm-hmm. so many references to like Springvale and like one post in particular was like the escalators in the Springvale Mall. We used to run up and down when you eat, eat, <laughs> eat a golden leaf and stuff. So I think it like for it, in the broader context, I think, yeah, mine was pretty standard like growing up here and very, very relatable to other Asians that grew up here. So not nothing out of the ordinary, to be honest. Uh, I was just wondering as well, Benny, did you always know you wanted to do com law? going into uni or was that something that you decided like more towards the end of your school yeah so i always had plans to be a lawyer don't hold me to that because i'm not one now (laughs) (laughs) um so after high school i didn't get the atar that i really wanted i actually got a really crappy one so moving into uni i started off in an arts degree and i used that as sort of like a um as like a stepping stone to get into law and then when I applied for law, I think at in that year, Latrobe had their first year of commerce and they offered the double and I was like, okay, sure, I'll do com law. Uh, and people had said that, you know, having two degrees is better than one and com law is a good mix, very common mix. And then after progressing through and doing all the law, I had a clerkship at a firm in the city, which I worked for four weeks, and I really didn't enjoy it. So, and that's why I chose to go towards more of the commerce path. Um, right. Yeah. And how about you, Brian? What's your story? Oh man, I've had a really stereotypical Asian upbringing as well. Yeah, man. My parents were like that, <coughs> that typical like go study, <laughs> all that type of stuff. Go to your tutor, tutors, stuff like that. 
Like it's it's been very traditional. Don't take this wrong as well. They they they're very traditional, but <laughs> two are super spoiled, right? And <laughs> and like going to uni, I I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. And um, you know how? My, and then my dad literally chose a profession for me, and he's like, "Oh, I want you to be a radiographer." And he's like, "If you wow. get in, I'll buy an Audi TT." <laughs> I was like. What the hell? Why would you say that? You know, like, <laughs> that's that's no to that. like that is the worst parenting ever. Like I hope my dad hears this, but this is so bad. He's gonna come with because the that has wasted like oh. so many years of my life going to uni. You know what I mean? Like all that for nothing. Yes, I did that. So you, so you finished it? No, no, no. I, I didn't finish it, but it detoured my um, my life. You know what I mean? Mm, so yeah. um, because of that, I, I I was driven to get that car, and that was it. You know, um, got into that course, did not like it at all. So um, decided to do a business degree. I wouldn't say it really helped, but we're here today with Zero Offset. You know, um, yeah, so yeah. it's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's because it, t- it takes massive balls to know exactly, both of you, to know exactly what you don't like and decide that, you know what, I'm not going to listen to everyone else and be like, that because they tell me to do it, that I should do it, right? Yeah, 100%. So, Exactly. So it takes those balls to jump to a to finding out exactly what you want to do and doing it. Yeah, on that on that note, I just want to let's talk about how you guys meet. Oh man, <laughs> friends. Yeah, oh, are we talking about the the G rated version? No names. How how do you guys want it? No uh, no 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 names. Like, we're yeah. not gonna call anyone. If, out, if possible, but... like yeah, you know what? I can bleep the names out. <laughs> 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 uh, let's go. I wonder if she hears this. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I will let you take this. I swear, I've explained it too many times yeah. to too many different people. I reckon you take it. I've not heard this story. Yeah. Well, so, right, so, so there was this girl. Oh man! And and she and that's calls. It. And she calls me up. And well, I, I, I think just to clarify, Brian and I had no idea who yeah, each we, other we were. Know. We had no idea. It was just this right. one connecting person. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you know what? I reckon you should start because she was with you when you came. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, for for context, like the girl was neither dating one of us. We both just had sort of like a little crush on her, right? And this was during high school. I think you you ten, you ten, yeah. yeah, something you ten, yeah. So we're we're from completely different high schools, and you know back then, like like I feel like all the Asians kind of grew to knew each other in like certain areas like all your east side asians west side asians Mm. you know Mm. and and so this girl was connected to brian through the east and i had known some of her friends through work and so there there was definitely mutuals between us and i remember sitting in maths class and like we'd all like i'd been hanging out with this girl and her friends for a while now and um i was in the middle maths class and she's like hey are you going to be in the city later and my high school is like right, cl- like real close to the city, so I'm always in the city. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And she's like, okay, cool. I, I got you something. Like I made you something. And I was like, oh, boys, I'm in. <laughs> like, <laughs> the time is now, you know. <laughs> like, oh, your ten Benny is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> your ten Benny was the biggest simp. <laughs> and then after math class, like you know, it, it was lunchtime. And then after periods five and six, I was excited to go to the city, and I, I went to the city. And like I texted her, I was like, "Hey, where you at?" And she's like, "I'll be with you in a second. I'll see you soon. I'm heading towards the city." And then I'm walking, and I see, I see her handing this guy the cupcakes that she made me. And I was like, <laughs> "Hang on, did you get any? No, 
you took the whole box. Oh, okay. I stood, I stood there, and I don't know who Brian was, right? I did, I did not know who he was at all. But all I saw was my cupcakes that she had told me that were mine being given to him. And I just looked, and I was like, "Hmm." Mm, I was so sad. I was so so. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, I was just that's like dodgy. Wow. Yeah, man, I was salty for like a week. But yeah, that, that's my first. That's how I first met Brian. Yeah, but that, that's like our first interaction. Like that. Well, no, but we didn't. In, in, yeah, we just even interact. No, no. <laughs> yeah, he pulled at my heartstrings. That's what happened. <laughs> but, um, yeah, what'd you say to her? I, I didn't have the balls to bring it back up. I was just like, oh, oh. hey, and then I was like, oh, I, I thought you got me something. And she's like, oh no, sorry, sorry. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a girl <laughs> um, what, when, was the last, when was the time after that That we met up It's her birthday Her house Yeah Her house Her house for yeah. her birthday right Was it Yeah I think so And I think And then that's when um, I, Like I think I came up to Brian that day I was like Oh you're the guy that took my cupcakes <laughs> <laughs> And then from there It was just like Instant friends Because I think at the time After that Like we both had Kind of gotten over her Like that sort of phase Like being like liking her, yeah, yeah. so we're yeah, kind of yeah. just connected. We're like, oh, <laughs> you're the guy. <laughs> and then, yeah, since then, like, she don't remember. Brian used to go RMIT in Bandura. I used to go to Latrobe in Bandura, and he oh, really? knew my ex girlfriend from Viet school. How do you know, Chris? <sighs> <laughs> He knew my ex at the time, and like, a small world. And she, uh, her brother used to live in Borland, so we were all very close. And uh, yeah, so he went to RMIT in Bandura, I went to Latrobe in Bandura, and we always used to hang out, you know, first year sort of antics, hang out, play board games, go out drinking, just standard uni stuff. And then from yeah. there, that's how we kind of just got to know each other and became really close at the time. That's awesome. Let's take a moment for this unnamed girl. Shout out to you. Without <laughs> you, there wouldn't be a Benny O'Brien being unnamed. You created but all this. You did much all love this. to you. Yeah, much respect. <laughs> if she does hear this, can I please get some cupcakes though? Like, serious. <laughs> As commemor- <laughs> commemoration. Bro, it's, it's almost been 10 years, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think before Zero Offset happened, or before you two started working together on Zero Offset, there was a bit of a period where you guys did some other stuff together, was it? Such as promoting and managing fame. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Maybe you talk about. Was this that year. the first thing you guys did together? Yeah. As I guess, more than friends, <laughs> more than friends, yeah, more than friends. <laughs> so this girl didn't create everything. <laughs> um, well, I, I was lucky enough to um, meet a mentor. You know, out of his own kindness, I I I was actually a, like a dishwasher at his restaurant, and um, he kind of took me in. Like we had a few drinks and stuff like that, and he's like, "Oh, this guy, I think he has potential." You know what I mean? So he took me in. There, he showed me the ropes of like clubbing, stuff like that. Um, he, he's the owner of Bamboo back in the days. Oh yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. So we we ended up opening a few clubs together, a lot of um daily one-off trance events as well, and that's where I. I brought a team together, a massive team, and one of those managers included Ben. Right. Yeah. So what were some of his um, events and clubs that you guys opened together? There was um, Bamboo. Didn't realize you were behind Bamboo. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was only part of it because they they were they existed before I was there. Yeah, um, I can't remember specifically, but we did a lot of trans nights, like one off. Like so, there was like Marlo, there was um, like wasted penguins. There's all these like um, there was Danny Riel that came and stuff like that. So it was really interesting meeting all those uh, famous people. We had Charlie Sun that one night. Yeah, Charlie Sun as well. I remember. Wow. I remember yeah. seeing her. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so you're the one who brings the happiness to the Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure you came to one of the nice two. Will they, they came to Fame? Yeah, they, yeah, they fame. I didn't oh, know, yeah, Fame. Uh, I, we went to Fame back then. Yeah, yeah, I think it was your, your opening. <laughs> Come on, Paris Hilton. Who, who, was it Britney that was all, Spears? No, nah, Paris Hilton. Paris. That was all her so, fault. Wait, <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> Paris Hilton. It was Paris Hilton, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. That that was a messy night. But thank you guys for coming. Yeah. That was. <laughs> Yeah, that was. That was yeah. Let's, not let's, let's not talk yeah, about fame, fame, Let's talk about yeah. <laughs> successful nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the clubs and events that you ran were like pretty Asian centric. Would you say? Yes. Yes. And there's like calling a, it a bamboo. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And there's like obviously quite a large um Asian clubbing scene in Melbourne. Yeah. And fame was fame was kind of like that as well, right? So why do you think there are so many clubs that are so Asian centric in Melbourne? Is it a good business model or is it because we have a big Asian community that... Oh, 100%. Um, I, I really believe that like people like to party with um, people who are similar to them, you know. So that's why mm-hmm. like if you look at um, clubs that exist right now, right, you have D1 and then you have Silk. They're, they're the two same people. Why do they have two clubs for? One of them is for the, the younger generation now, which is Silk. Silk's like targeted at the 18 to like 20. And now you go D1, it's all, all people our age, you know what I mean? So there has to be Yeah, but like make me feel semi retired. Yeah. <laughs> semi retired. Yeah. But like you have to target the the right audience as well. You can't have a mixed night of old people and young people. Imagine young people as Scarlet, you know, that that's weird as. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's like seven or ten years apart if you want to put them together and that if you put it that way it's a bit uh bit weird there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess did you guys go in with like the the mindset that your marketing or marketing like your your communities or target audience is Asians or is it because you're Asian and as you said you like to party with similar people so yeah. they all happen to be Asian as well rather than thinking specifically like oh I want to reach out to more Asians. Well, I, I always believe when you work on any business, you should work on something you're passionate in, something you would spend all day doing and not feel like it's work and that's how we came up with all the asian clubbing stuff because we enjoyed doing that stuff at that time of age um and yeah that, that was something fun for us so we could just like keep working on it all day yeah and that's mm. how that's how you become successful in what you do i guess yeah and i guess you brought that type of mindset on onto zero offset as well right that's amazing segue there yeah yeah <laughs> i try <laughs> yeah. um so then brian tell us a bit about um zero offset because i know you were the founder so how did it begin and where did it start from well um i, I heard from my mum when when i was very young i used to go touring and this tutoring was at a library and my mum would always find me at like the car section looking at cars and stuff and she would always try to t- deter me away from that path like why are you looking at cars all the time like go do some other shit you know but yeah that, that's where the passion started like I, I always knew myself that i was into cars i, I just yeah. bought some part pretty much how zero offset started though is i, I just bought some parts for my car mm-hmm. and then 
um, the supplier was just like, oh, it's, it's cheaper if you buy like 10. I'm like, oh, you know what? Let's just do a group buy. Like, because everyone was really interested in the part I got. So I'm just like, oh, whatever, I'll just do a group buy. Um, but I'll just chuck in a sneaky like profit. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll just put in like an extra 20, 30 bucks. The opposite to the mates rate right there. <laughs> yeah. A normal group buy, what people do is like, ah, oh, hey, supplier, how much... What's the best price you can do if I get 10? I get 10 mates to buy it. I'm like, oh, I'll get 10, but I'll just jack up the price a little bit and sell it. Yeah, but without you, there wouldn't have been any of this at all. So, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, that was the first step to it. You deserve to earn a little bit from it. After the first batch, like, after the first batch, I made some money. I'm like, wow, I thought that was pretty easy money, you know? Well, how about I do it again? <laughs> so, like, I, re I remember as well, like, my stock orders would be like, 10 items and I'll be snapchatting it's like oh guys just got a huge shipment in you know and now I look back at it I'm like wow that's nothing you know <laughs> well, we've gone a long way from that yeah so when did you think okay well this is starting with earning a little bit of cash into let's actually make this business called Zero Offset because I came from um, running the clubbing events and stuff uh, my mentor like he, he just always wanted to urge me to open my own business and do something i love as well um, mm. do something for myself and that's when like because clubbing clubbing is not it doesn't take up all your time you know so i had i wanted to do something else that would make my parents proud as well so i might as well invest my money put out a bit a bit of money buy some like just like grow the stock up and just eventually have more inventory, you know? And that's mm. when I really got Ben involved as well because I needed some extra help, helping hand um, to run everything, some more capital. So I got Ben involved and then, um, yeah, everything went nicely from there. Mm. What did you think at the time, Benny, when Brian asked you? Well, I think at, at the time it was, it was actually very generous for someone to offer 50% of their company or their business idea yeah, wow. was was incredibly generous. I mean, I'd always I'd always supported Brian from the side. Every time he he'd have something going on, I'd just be like, okay, that's sick. Like, I'll I'll do as much as I can to kind of get the word out. And you know, you have this, I'll sell it. I'll try and sell some for you. You know, yeah. just just as what mates would mm. normally do. You know, yeah. Ben yeah, was yeah. very supportive, so like I was happy to just offer him whatever as well. You know, hmm. at the start of everything, like Brian was just like. Yeah, in incredibly generous to, to be able mm -hmm. to offer that. And, and, and as a friend, like, at first, I think I remember being like, no, no, no you take take the four, like, at least take the extra percentage so that way you keep that, um, that yeah, the majority, you know, like, just, just because it's mm -hmm. yours. And he's like, no, 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 like, if you're going to help me, like, as much as you have, and, like, if you're going to put this money in, then, like, we'll go half, like, 50-50, because that, that's, you know, like, we're going to go and build this together. Which was like really, really surprising because you know it's not every day you get offered that chance. Mm. And at the time, like even then, I was like, okay, well, I have uni, I have two jobs, you know, like I don't know how I'm gonna balance this. And Brian literally sat down. And he's like, "How much you make?" And I'm like, "Oh, I make this." Mm -hmm. And he's like, "I only make this." But imagine if this was gonna turn into this, your casual job will look like shit. And then, yeah, but. At the same time, it was a risk because if I look back at it, we didn't see those numbers for like maybe a year, you know, like that yeah, constant, yeah, for a year. But it took me a bit of time. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I'll do it. Like here, here, let's do this together. And we built it up. And that's when we got into sort of social marketing and 
like try to really push a brand rather than just the product. And I think I think that's that's where it all that's where it all started, where, where, like the partnership between us. I think it's interesting, and it tells a bit about both of your characters. Is that you guys didn't sort of just jump blindly? Like Brian, of course, had this good idea, but you guys didn't just jump straight onto it. Like, hey, let's just go, let's just go and do all of this and do do that and make it grow big. You guys thought about what you guys were actually doing. You thought about it smartly, as in, like Benny, uh, as you just said, you sort of weighed up the pros and cons about joining in and how like it's fifty percent ownership, like realistic, like can I make a living off of this? And it tells a bit about you guys how like you work smart and you work hard, of course, but you work smart and it shows how like you've grown and developed the brand from where it was from the beginning. It's not just some sort of like thing or project that you just jump started, but instead you worked on it hard, smart, you thought about what you were doing and to where you, and you know where you want to go. And so that's how you get there instead of just blindly going forwards. So, yeah, um, no, I agree. And I think on that note as well, like <clears throat> as nice as those things are, and thank you for saying that, I think <laughs> there was an element of luck. Like it's not, no one can predict the future, right? And I don't think it, it was very possible for like even us to be like, yeah, this will this will make something of ourselves. It, we did go out on a limb and it was something that we're like, you know what, might as well try. You know, we're still young and it, it does take a bit of luck and we were very, very, very fortunate to make something of it. The luck was there was an opening at that point of time. You know, there, there was an opening for <clears throat> this business. Um, the Australia was missing something like this during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like before we started, I remember like you guys heard of like a shop called Mars Performance? No, I'm not too no. well versed. I'll be honest with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like... Tell us a bit about it. The opening that we had was everything in Australia was so overly priced because of import fees and, and the profit they want to make from it, you know. So that's when we came in and it was more like, oh, like, look, why, why are people paying like 800 to 1,000 bucks or something like this when we can make it way cheaper, you know. And that, that was our, that, that's our business model. Um, we, we wanted to provide accessibility for people who want to mod their cars in Australia and even grow the scene even larger. Yeah, um, and going back, I think you were going to touch on this, Chi, but the luck, people misinterpret the mm, luck mm, as, yeah, you know, exactly. you're just lucky, but it's not just luck. It's about b- building yourself into the position where you're able to take these opportunities when they come. And just because they come, it doesn't mean that you're going to grasp them and use use it. Like You fellas were actually able to see that opportunity, take take that opportunity and build it into something that is what it is today with zero offset yeah 100 so, i know you fellas are just being humble but i it there is an aspect of like being prepared to be able to take these opportunities when they do come yeah. along well i would suggest you invest in yourself as much as you can if you don't even have an idea yet you know like go take the time to go do a photography course go go take the time to do a videography course something like that something that would benefit you in the future you don't know when but it's going to benefit you exactly good advice there that's very good advice. Oh, yeah. I'm just letting that sink in because that was deep. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on, Chi, mm-hmm. right? Okay. All right. So, Benny, you talked about how you were juggling a couple of jobs yep. uh, when you first started and you still are juggling a couple of jobs while yep. you're working on Zero Offset at the moment. And we've seen, we've seen the Snapchats, the personal ones rather than the brand ones where you work your ass off all day. <laughs> 
all the way through midnight, all the way until like what, 5am. How, how do you do that? You just got to sleep. Yeah. I think that I get this from a lot of friends that know me personally and they honestly like tell me to sleep. It, I don't know. It, it's something about it. I remember back then. So when zero offset first started it wasn't just me like it please don't don't take it as me not sleeping brian and i used to stay up weeks not not even nights on end weeks where we'd have to you know do like it like research work and stuff like that just to just to put in those hours to trying to get it off the ground and brian and i both got into the habit of you know sleeping at like four or five a.m waking up at nine go to uni come back and just repeat and that was on for like two years. And I think, I don't know if that, that's why I work so late now because it's just embedded into me. But I think uh, as a personality trait, I am a perfectionist and mm. I can't let anything like s- slide by unless it's, you know, something that I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that has gone into to Zero Offset. And, you know, in terms of balancing jobs, I think back then I had, I was working at Subway and I picked up a job at the market and remember I had to wake up, oh, I worked at uh, like a fruit shop in South Melbourne Market for like, I think it was like eight bucks an hour or something, cash in hand. And like, it was, I remember we had one night, we had just finished drinking and Brian and like a couple of other mates had slept over at my mom's mm. and and this guy had to go on a bike yeah. to ride to work. Ride to work. Yeah. I think it was like 3, 3 a.m. in the morning. Over. Yeah, we were hung over. This guy, yeah. I was like, really hey, this guy's on a bike, man. <laughs> yeah, instead of a beer ride. It's a fresh air, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I worked like from 4 a.m. all the way till about 5 p.m. for that job. Like, I only lasted two weeks because one, I got severely underpaid and it was just not worth my time and yeah i've always wanted to save up for things and you need money for that and working was the only way i knew how and i think it's like in my nature to just keep busy i guess i don't like downtime which i know i should really have um it, it's it's really become a, a lot better nowadays because brian has been like super helpful now like uh, i think we like said at the early like start of this podcast that um you know he he takes most of the responsibility for zero offset now and he he plays a major major role in helping me balance a lot of things yeah that's good to hear and like like i appreciate that it's not just me guys we have employees that help so yeah (laughs) oh you do have employees i actually didn't know that yeah Yeah. but i can't i I can't do i can't do a two-person job you know (laughs) let's talk about that you guys started from brian's parents basement all the way to now having your own shop and as you said now you have employees yeah how does that feel how, how or how did you get there guys every step of the way <laughs> is is really nice moving up in the world you know there's always people who are more successful than you or shops that in better positions and we we always use that as goals you know what i mean so that it, it's kind of never ending cycle similar to the stock order i was telling you guys about before you know how like before i was telling you the first one we're like oh wow look at everyone we've got this huge stock order coming but now we look mm. at back at it it's nothing like two mm. years later we're gonna look at where we are today and be like what are you guys doing <laughs> you know what i mean so it's, it's never ending you know we're, we're never successful we're never there there's always more. I mean, hopefully in like 10 years, you look at it now and you're like, wait, what am I doing? Like back 10 is so small scale too. Yeah. It, but even on right that, now. like it, it's, 
it's actually very very nice though like it's like a nice little flashback or like it is you nice. know it's like throwback and and like there's times where like when so brian and i got new phones at the start of last year and it was our first new phones in a while as i was cleaning out my like iCloud and you know just the photos that you have stored on your mac oh, no. I, I found no i found i found this little little because we used to do all of our like shipping and our packaging on brian's porch like his just outside and we used to have this mini setup with like a mini bubble wrap from like the post office and you know you used to do all that and i think that weekend we had a we we tried our first like sale or something like that and the video was me talking like oh look how much there is it was one <laughs> one spoiler two two front lips and and a set of window visors and I sent it to Brian and because we could both hear in our voices the excitement of that, mm. like that massive weekend that we had. And I think looking back on it, Brian and I had a good laugh, but it was also really good to reminisce to see like how much effort and all of our work wasn't just for nothing. Mm-hmm. So no, it, it, yeah. it's always really nice to go back on, on those little things. And, you know, as Brian says, like, it's always good to like, you know, keep the future, you know, inside and always like grow. But it's also good to look back and see how far you've come. That's amazing. That's such an amazing mindset. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, we've spoken about this, but when, at what point did you decide like that zero offset, especially for you, Brian, was going to be what you're going to be doing full time now? Like, why? When did you think, okay, like I'm going to put all my efforts into this? Because you guys have both come from a university background, and obviously there's the traditional. Um, career paths to follow on from your course into into business or into law but you've gone and decided to go chase your passions instead so well well when i finished my um, business degree there was there was two options you either go find a job apply for some uh, from corporate jobs and stuff or you stay with my business and and then work from there you know and and that's what i chose because I told Ben, I don't want to be working in an office like nine to five every day. You know, I'd rather do something I love and that way like, I can do extra hours and stuff like that. I, I always like, I always like say the extra hours are really hand, hand, handy just because like you don't want to feel like it's work that you're doing. You, you want to make it feel like you're doing something like you're, you're just, you're just mucking around, you know, and that, that what, that what makes work interesting as well, and I just uh, I just didn't want to be stuck in a nine to five. Yeah. Mm. How hard was that decision? No, that pretty, pretty pretty easy decision to be honest. Like I, I could go find a nine to five job now, but like mm. you know, like I can like if 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 I made the wrong decision, I could always go back to it and go find a job later on. You know, it, right. it doesn't hurt. Yeah, and you wouldn't know what would have happened if. Oh, was that? You'd, you wouldn't know that you would be in here where you are right, right now if you didn't give it a go. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, I guess we've talked a lot about your success. Was there anything that you regret doing or not doing or anything you you would advise yourselves if you were able to go back in time? Started earlier. Yeah, started earlier. I honestly wish we started earlier. That That, like, I feel like a lot of people our age and like to bring it back into sort of like the asian community i think we we're we grow up you know going through like sort of this i don't know what you'd call it but it's like it's like a predetermined timeline that your parents kind of set in 
for you, you know, yeah. you know, high school, yeah. then you got to go straight to uni, you know, and during uni, I found I wasted the most time, not because of my degree or anything like that. It's because like, you know, after like all that severe, like pushing that your parents do to you during high school, like you got to get these grades, you got to go do this. Bro, like, I feel like 80% of Asians relapse. You get to uni and you take one sip of beer and that's it. You're like, you're screwed for like <laughs> the next three years of like uni life because you're just busy partying, you know? You're catching up on all what everyone else in high school was doing, you know? And, and if if it wasn't like that and if like I didn't waste all those years drinking, going out and, you know, having too much fun and we started this three years earlier, there would be no no question that we'd be much bigger than what we are now. And so I think sure. if, if there is something that you're truly passionate on, I think one bit of advice, and I think Brian can back this as well, is don't wait. Like, just yeah. do it. Like, it's always better to start young too because, yeah. you know, like if don't, it fails, don't let your parents waste your time. Hmm. Mm. You're completely right though, and I can really relate to that. But at the same time, I think going into university and actually finally having that sense of freedom and sense of like, self-reliance it, it was a developmental step as well like without that i don't think i would without wasting my three years partying going out it's a part of life beers. it's a part of life yeah you can't really skip yeah it. it was a learning experience it, it takes you to where you are now it's about balance you still gotta enjoy life exactly yeah and you wouldn't have those years or like you know you're 18 to 21 years again you would and maybe if you did start at when you're yeah three years earlier would you right now be in the same position and regret not, you know, enjoying life a bit? But that that's not something we can, I guess, hypothetically no. sort of think about. <laughs> that, that's only if we could go back yeah, in time. if we could go back in time. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not saying that I didn't enjoy those years. I mean, those years were, yeah. from what I can remember, they were great. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Benny, man, you're not that old yet. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't talking about my age. I wasn't talking point. about uh, what we got up to, but, you know... <laughs> um, no, no, th- those nights were really, really good. Uh, I think th- the point I was trying to get across is more just if if we had come up with it earlier on and really tackled it the way we're tackling it now, then, yeah, that, that would be something I would change. Not that we can, but... Yeah, yeah. of course. I guess a nice metaphor is that uh, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The next best time was, like, what, five years ago. But the best time right now is to just do it right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I like that. So let's move on and I guess talk about Zero Offset a bit more and your own community. So every community has its own unique sort of ways of interacting or interaction with each other. And on to our eyes, since we're not really part of it, um, me and Will, that is, the car scene especially, it looks like it's pretty very close-knit and pretty welcoming. Uh, however, also at times from stories I've heard from other people, it can people can be like condescending to each other or like stuck yeah. up. So can you give us a bit of a description or your thoughts of what the community is like in your own experience, especially as like forerunners in the industry? Uh, uh, being honest, I think the what you said, that, that second point you raised where the car scene can be quite toxic hmm. um, is, is actually very true. Uh, Brian and I, when we first started Zero Offset, there was quite a lot of, I wouldn't say hate, but it'd just be... I know, like, there wasn't much support for it. Um, it, it. In the car scene, there's a... It's hard to explain, but 
everyone has their own opinions. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't please everyone. It's impossible yeah. to please everyone because everyone has their own tastes. You know, whereas like if you were mm. to do it, it's like fashion trends, you know, you either hate it or you love it. Same thing with cars. Um, there's just not a lot of things that are available for cars as compared to fashion, but it's the same sort of, you know, mindset. You either love it or you hate it. And But we found that when you hate it, people are very vocal about their hate towards it. Um, and even to this day, everyone has their own opinions. Like And like we've noticed that different car owners are especially bad. Um, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here, but... It, when when I bought the BMW that I'm driving now, you know, everything was fun and games until we, we met the community behind it. And the community behind BMWs is posh, stuck up where they don't even, you know, need to be. The, don't get me wrong, there's there's a lot of love for BMWs in general and a lot of and love for cars in general. But we just found that certain groups have, like, very, very strong, like, opinions towards one way of modding a car. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that probably the experience that we've had, and it, it, it's really like you said, it's it's on a case by case basis. It really depends on the person. No, it just depends on the person. Yeah, as individuals, do you find it sort of like, or as owners of Zero Offset, do you sort of find it part of your responsibility to try and make a, the community a less toxic place? hundred percent. Yeah, like we we try to be as positive as possible. There's so much negativity out there and so like sometimes we put a post up and some guys like, oh, that guy's car is so ugly. And then me and Ben were just like, oh, come on, man. Like, did you really have to say that? We, we don't confront them, but at the same time, we want to be as as positive as possible. Mm-hmm. Therefore, like other people might follow our footsteps, you know. We, we support everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know how um, subtle Asian traits, there's like like the hype beast look, there's like that fob look, there's <laughs> there's... Yeah, 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 like all the, all those different appearances. Like we we try to support everything. Like there's dance, there's what else? There? There's stance, track. You know, yeah, there, rap, there's, genuine. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's all these different mm-hmm. types of looks that we 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 want to for we 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 want to like each everything. one for for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like sub communities within the the one main car scene community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if we were to categorize it, you know, like like Brian said, there'd be like you know stance, track. There'd be performance aesthetic, you know, people who like to go wide body, put airbags into their car to lower their cars, you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone has different preferences. And I think one thing that's so, so toxic is the fact that why is your way correct? In in the car scene especially, we, we find that a lot of people are like, if it's not the way I enjoy it, you can't enjoy it. Yeah. And, and that's that really sucks because, you know, it, we can see that, a lot of the community is just trying to have fun, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. show off what you're proud of. And, and when people give you hate, it, it's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. You know, there's heaps of discrimination as well. Like sometimes like we go to a car meet, like say it's a JDM car meet, some Euro guy rocks up and they're like, what is that guy doing here? You know, it, it, it's, it's really discriminatory. Mm. Mm. But you guys kind of tackle that as well, since you, you, you take you cover both of those sections with JDMs and also Euros, right? Yeah. Um, so is there a bit of a discrepancy between like the community of like those who own JDMs and those who own Euros? I guess is it possible for them to coexist? Uh, I feel like nowadays it is getting better with like the entry of cheaper European cars. For example, like the Golf GTI is is a is actually quite a very like common stepping stone for you know p platers that go from you know like a honda civic and they want to you know drive something a little faster and i think those cheaper 
entry cars really help the community grow in terms of, you know, combining JDM and Euro? I know there's also a lot of Asians in their car scene and in the community. We love cars, don't we? <laughs> Is that something from, yeah, we do. Is it something like, you know, growing up watching Initial D or is it something, you know, like watching Tokyo Drift? Is it something innate in our blood because it's Japanese <laughs> and we're Asian as well? I think it's also because JDM stands for Japanese the domestic market, you know, like it is mm. Japanese, it's Asian. And, you know, it's like anything, if, it, if it's heritage, then we're obviously going to embrace it and adopt it. And I think that's why there's so many Asians that are involved in, you know, anime as <laughs> like Initial D and, you know, iconic movies as, you know, Tokyo Drift. Of course, they're going to, you know, fuel our passion. And, and being young, reckless kids, you know, it's the only thing to spend your money on. Like, of course, we're going to do it, you know, and it's, it's all just a bit of fun. And yeah, definitely those things like really, really promote car modding in the asian community that's how i feel anyway yeah so even though you've touched on a lot of a lot of like the negative sides i'm sure there's a lot of positives as well like have you guys found a lot of networking opportunities or like had enjoyable experiences as well in your community well in in the networking terms of things we kind of have to be friends with all the other businesses um because in in the car community you kind of make each other money you know um, mm. Like say for example, we need to be connected to multiple painters in order for them to do our job, uh, like to finish the car for us, you know. But at the same time, we need to we need to uh, refer them for them to get more jobs as well. And it works like that with everything, like mechanics, everything. Like um, we we just need to be out there, be friends with everyone, and just support each other, you know. Yes, that's a good sentiment. So um, we've gone through a fair bit in the past hour and we've learned how Zero Offset grew from Brian's basement. And so how about we wrap it up with something a bit more personal to you guys, to both of you? So you've had your ups and downs and it is clear that you've developed a sort of a tenacity or grit to push through the hard times. And uh, I guess this is pretty important, especially right now, given the times that we live in. As a sort of a last statement to this episode... I find that the phrase the new normal is currently being used by the media and press pretty frequently these days. It's often used in quotation marks and tries to convey this sort of meaning that um, we have to, we as a society have to sort of settle for this new normal, that we're sort of resigning ourselves to this state of affairs that we're currently living in. Uh, but that's not how I personally interpret the phrase, and I don't think that's how Will interprets the phrase. No. I, be- no. I believe that the new normal is something that we should be striving for. As Benny sort of said earlier in this episode, uh, in terms of the growth, once we reach this sort of stage of development, we try to seek to reach the next stage of our development and try to make that the new normal for us. And then we reach again for the, after we reach that stage to keep pushing ourselves further and not something that resign ourselves to. And that we should create a better world for our, our community and look forward to sort of a new normal. So given that this is our interpretation of what it means to us. What what does the new normal mean to both of you? You want me to go first? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think the the brand behind the new normal has a very, very powerful statement. So I think the way that you guys are interpreting it are very similar to the way that I'd look at, you know, the new normal. But it, the phrase itself, I think, you, you know, bang on the money. And the new normal is something that I envision with growth. It's something that I would see as making my life the new normal you know i'd want to be you know say 
how do I put this eloquently? Like if I was to compare what I am today to what I was three years ago, back then I would have considered what I am now to be the new normal. But the new normal, like normal is always changing because we want to see growth. You know, and I you always want to be seeking that new normal, right? Exactly right. And I think that that's, that's why the brand in itself, like the brand that you guys are creating is quite powerful because the new normal is, doesn't that normally just mean normal? And it, it's something that, you know, I want to achieve. I want to achieve a new normal, you know, something that's me bigger and better than what I was yesterday and make that my normal. So, yeah, to me, the new normal means growth in essence and and you know making something that i wasn't like turning into something that i am beautiful yeah, yeah. we just pretty much have to adapt to every situation we're faced with <coughs> to cap it off thank you for coming on the show today guys where can we can when our listeners find you be sure to check us out on instagram uh, at zero offset uh follow our facebook page and if you need car parts, go to www.zerooffset.com.au. Um, we will soon be doing something crazy with the website, so be sure to keep up to, up to date on our Facebook for the latest, I don't know, would you say goss updates? I'll be keeping up to date, so for all sure. of you guys should also keep up to date. Yeah, so once again, thank you, Benny, and thank you, Brian, for joining us today and sharing your beautiful stories with us. Perfect. Our thank pleasure. you. Thank you for having us too. Thank you, fellas. It's been a pleasure. Yes, it's been a pleasure having you guys on. If you are still here, you're a real one. Thank you for spending your time with us today and listening to Benny and Brian's story and the journey of Zero Offset. Nat, Will, and I appreciate it so much and glad that you've decided to follow the movement. Please feel free to follow or subscribe, screenshot, and share where you are right now after listening to this episode. As we have previously stated, the team at The New Normal seeks to celebrate, support and inspire the Asian Australian community, especially our local hometown of Melbourne. You have just listened to the story of two trailblazers and we hope that you continue to support them in their growth. Having said that, if you know of anyone doing great things and making waves, no matter how big or small, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. We'd love to hear back from our listeners and community and we'd love to connect with more of you and other leaders out there. You can find and contact us on Instagram at the new normal underscore official, while our email is thenewnormal.vision at gmail.com. We have big plans coming up. We have a website under construction where we'll post blog posts where you can, can explore our podcast guest journey even further, and we are still contacting our suppliers for more power drops coming in the future. This has been Anthony, Nyat, and Will from The New Normal. Stay safe, take care, and join us next week for another podcast episode.